Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Turn to Malachi, the fourth chapter. I'm going to read what she read, just quickly, the uh, verse of Scripture that she read. And as you're turning there, I shared a couple of these um, quotes that great men uh, uh, made during their lifetime. One was Walter uh, uh, Shira is his last name. He was a U.S. Navy captain, a test pilot, and a NASA astronaut. He was also the first astronaut to go into space three times, and the only astronaut to have flown in the Mercury, the Gemini, and the Apollo programs. That's amazing, isn't it? Here's what he said. You don't raise heroes, you raise sons. And if you treat them like sons, they'll turn out to be heroes, even if it's just in your eyes. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, Cicero, the famous Roman philosopher, said, of all nature's gifts to the human race, what is sweeter to a man than his children? And finally, an unknown author said, God is the Father who is always home. Amen. You always have a direct connection to the Father. Sometimes people find out that I'm a pastor and they go, oh, pastor, pray, pray for that it'll rain. You pray that it rains. Amen. Because you have a connection with God like anybody else does. And aren't you glad for that? So today I want to give you two gifts that God made regarding fatherhood. And uh, Malachi 4, I'll just read this, what Pastor Vicky read earlier. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. And as she shared, it was literally the last verse of Scripture in the Old Testament. And that was not coincidental, by the way. Um, uh, The family unit always has been under attack since Adam. Remember, Adam had two sons, Cain and Abel, and they got in such dissension with each other that Cain killed his brother. And uh, so there's always been dissension in the family uh, unit. And yet today, it seems to be more than ever before that families are falling apart. And all, for only one reason is because they don't have, they don't have Christ as the, as the foundation of their lives. Um, though I have no proof of this, listen, I, uh, of all the rioting, the pillaging, the crime, the destruction that we have witnessed across America in the last uh, uh, recent days, uh, I wonder how many of those kids came from single-dwelling homes because they have, I mean, it's just insane. Or if the parents, if they have parents, I wonder what in the world is going on in the mind of parents that they would allow their children to destroy private property. And, um, but it goes to show you, and I'm going to move on here, and I'm not, I'm not going to get political, but I want to just simply say this to you. Finally, you have proof. You have proof. We've been saying it for years, but finally you have proof that when you get the wrong people in government, all hell breaks loose against a, uh, against a, um, a capitalist uh, or a democratic uh, nation like as we have. You get the wrong people in office that literally believe that socialism and, and, and Marxism and, uh, and communism is, I mean, they, they truly believe with all their hearts that that is the way that they want this nation to go. And so we have to pray earnestly. No, and I mean, and listen, the a political uh, um, uh, system is not going to save our nation, but bless God, I want to be able to see my children and my grandchildren blessed uh, uh, because we have people in office that at least have a reverence for the Constitution and, and will honor the Constitution that made this nation what it is today. And we know God made this nation great, but men can destroy it within just a short period of time. 
And I'm just telling you, now you're seeing the proof of that. All these extreme, uh, twisted, messed up politicians that are in some of these cities, from the governors to their mayors, you can see what they will allow to happen. Uh, and to think about this: What if you had a? What if you had a business? What if you had a business like they have in Seattle, and people come and take over a six-city block with your businesses, and, and they destroy it? They destroy all the years and all the hard work that you put into that business, and they destroy it because they want to. It's insanity. Lawlessness is 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 been let loose in our nation, and it's time we pray these wicked people out of office and get the righteous established in the office of our leadership. Can I have an amen? Now, I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you the way it is because it is what it is. And um, I won't, you know, may not be here too much longer, uh, but I'm telling you, my kids will be and my grandkids, and oh, God of heaven, uh, before 1917, Russia was a capitalist country just like us. Venezuela, just a few years, was one of the richest countries in the world. And now they're starving to death because of a dictator that they allowed to get in office. Don't tell me this couldn't happen in America. But I, bless God, we have a remnant of people that will pray and stand on the word of God so that God will bless America even in the condition that she's in. Give them praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Adlai Stevenson said this. He said, it has been said that the paternity, that paternity is a career imposed on you without any inquiry into your fitness for it. That is why there are so many fathers who have children, but so few children have fathers. And this is what we're seeing today. This is what we're seeing today. The deterioration of the family. So God is looking for fathers um, that um, have a strong spiritual conviction and they want to please God more than anything in their lives. Amen. How many fathers we have here today? And we're going to have you stand at the end of the service and we pray for you. Don't you want to honor God so that your children have something to follow? They have a spiritual map to follow in their lives. That's what I want. Again, remember, I've said it a thousand times, but it really is true. For someone to live... Someone has to die. Someone has to give up, let go of their pride, let go of their, the culture they were raised in, so to speak. Amen. I'm so grateful, praise God, that I don't go home at night and smoke a joint. God chose Abraham for this very reason. Listen to this. Genesis 18. For I know him, God said, that he will command his, he will command his children, listen to this, and his household, watch this, after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. Why? Because Abraham kept the way of the Lord. To do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Which was what? God promised that he would bring, uh, out of Isaac's loins, he would bring the Messiah, Jesus, to provide eternal life. Because we know that Abraham was looking for eternal life. He wasn't, I mean, he was this... He was extremely wealthy. He could have stopped in any town and built himself a mansion, but he refused to do that. He lived in tents as a Bedouin, traveled from, from pastor to pastor, raising his sheep. That's, he, he believed that there was a city, an unseen city, whose builder and maker was God, and he was committed to that goal, it was to reach his eternal city. Isn't that amazing? That's, where, that's what we're all called to reach out for also. 
So God is needing two things. He needing faithfulness. And he wants people, you men as, uh, as fathers, to be faithful and faith-filled. Stay committed to God no matter what. Don't allow the devil to get in your life. You stay, you stay faithful to God because there's no other way, there's no other way for a believer to be is committed and consecrated to God so that your children have something to follow in their lives. Can I have an amen to that? So what are the two gifts that God gave? There are two of them, and I will just cover these before we close today. Number one, the gift of having a father. And number two, the gift of being a father. So let's talk about the gift of having a father. Isaiah prophesied, and uh, in, in, in he wrote down, he described four names of the many names that God has in the Bible. And it says he, that's God, is the wonderful counselor, the almighty God, the everlasting father and the Prince of Peace. So God is an everlasting father. See, fatherhood was in the center of his heart before he even created man. God, he was, he's, he's always been called a father, but that fatherly instinct in him was fulfilled when he, when he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and, and, and breathed into him the breath of life, and then he gave him a helpmeet, a companion, a woman. And the moment that, that um, Cain was born, Adam stepped in to his role as a father, and God also stepped into his role. And he was thrilled, not only to have Adam and Eve as companions and, and, and um, two people that loved him and fellowship with him, but now he's got offspring, and that's where it started back in the book of Genesis. Amen. And his spiritual instructions to them was, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Start a family. Amen. I was telling the first service that we, we got married, you know. I got saved the third week in May, a Sunday evening uh, in 1971. That We got married the following six weeks later on July 3rd. We got, uh, we, we got married. And, and, and one year later, almost to the date, we had our first child. I stepped into becoming a father at a very young age. And thank God I had a, a real uh, blessed and mature and uh, 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 wife who understood parenting more than I did, and yet um, uh, I gave my life to the Lord uh, six weeks earlier, so that was the beginning of a journey with me, with God, so that I could become the father that my children needed in their lives. Now, I probably wasn't the, you know, wasn't the greatest father in, in some senses. I made a lot of mistakes, but praise God, I'm so grateful today that I have three children that are serving God with all their hearts and with all their lives. Amen. Let's give, if you're excited about that, give God praise. Amen. So, what God ordains, he, he anoints. Meaning this, though men, most men feel insecure when it comes to fatherhood. Those who call upon the Lord, our Father God, he empowers them with his word and with his spirit and with his wisdom. Amen. You can get a lot. I mean, when, when, even when we were... Vicky shared a little bit about this, and I shared it in the first service. She didn't know this, but even in child rearing, uh, we didn't have a lot of books in those days for child rearing. And so she went to the Bible and started studying and seeing what the Bible said about, um, uh, you know, our role as parents uh, to discipline our children. Of course, to be examples to them, because that's how they learn, is they're watching and observing you. Amen. Sometimes, you know, I get a little bit sad in my heart when, when uh, fathers do come to church with their families and they stand there and they don't participate in the service. 
Because you have to understand, your children are watching you. And what you do, they will mimic. And if you're very isolated and very kind of cold and, 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 and hardened when the services are going on, guess what? You'll have children that are following you. And, but if you have passion and love for God and you express it in your life, they'll have a pattern of godliness to follow in theirs. Again, if you agree, say amen. amen. So what God ordains, he anoints. In Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 15, it says this, for the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Say, God is my father. Say this all out. God is my daddy. Amen. Isn't that cool? That word Abba literally means daddy. So uh, you have to, you know, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe you didn't have the best example growing up for, uh, for a father, but as a believer, you have a heavenly father who absolutely knows everything about you and still loves you unconditionally and wants the best for your life. Amen. So as fathers, our calling in life is to get as close as we can to God so that we mimic his behavior. We mimic him in our lives. When the pressure's on, we respond with the nature of God and not the Adamic nature that, that, it, we, that we still carry as Christians. Amen. Uh, you know you mimic your father. I've shared this, but it is funny. My dad chewed 10 cans of Copenhagen a week. That is the truth. And, uh, there, and 10 cans, uh, they call it a case. Uh, a, a case of, of Copenhagen. He would chew 10 cans a week. But, but what was unique about my, grand, my, daddy, my daddy is that he was a, like, he was a chubby Norwegian. And, and so he had big cheeks. And so he could stick a half a can, uh, he could stick a half a can in both cheeks at one time. And you wouldn't even know they were there. You know, a lot of, you, have you ever seen people chew, chew Copenhagen? And they got a big chunk. It looked like somebody smacked him in the face. You couldn't tell dad had Copenhagen in his mouth. Until, of course, back in, you know, when I was a boy, they didn't, they didn't have, we didn't have air conditioning in our cars, you know. So we'd have all the windows rolled down, and he'd spit out the window, and half of it would land on us. <laughs> That's absolutely the truth. And so, uh, well, I mean, we're always wiping something off our face. But anyway, <laughs> talking about mimicking dad, dad chewed Copenhagen, so I watched him. And he could shoot, he could spit four feet out, you know, out the window. I thought that was pretty cool. So I went home and I took one of his, one of his cans and I stuffed chocolate cake in it. I thought, why? Well, you know, and so I stuffed it, real, packed it real hard. And of course, you know, he'd pull it out. And it's so funny. He'd pull it with his big thumbs and he'd go, you know, knock all the crumbs off so we don't lose any. And then he'd stick it in his mouth. So I'd take chocolate cake and I'd do the same thing. I'd stick it in my mouth, and then I'd spit. Well, the spit just landed about right here and down my, <laughs> down, down my chin and on my shirt. And then he'd get mad. He'd go, Doc, got it, quit it. I mean, he always said that. Doc, got it, you know. That was my dad. And, uh, and, so, and so why am I saying that? Because I was mimicking him. And then at the age of 13, I started smoking. And not only did I start smoking, I got to smoke in front of my uh, mom and dad. And so that was a real victory and then, then when, uh, when I got, the very night I got saved, God convicted me about smoking. And, um, and uh, so that I was able to get free from that. Uh, why? Because I, not just because I wanted, I, I mean, you know, I wanted to be as healthy as I am right now. 
at my age, and I'm grateful that I was able to get set free from that bondage. But your kids are watching you, they're observing you, and they're going to carry your, your, both the good and the bad in your life. And so you want only the good coming out as best you can. Can I have an amen? So we have a Father in heaven who loves us dearly. I just want you to know that. We have a Father. You have a Father. Say, I have a Father, have a father. in heaven. Yeah. Amen. You do. He's your eternal Father. He loves you passionately. As men, he wants you to be the best that you can be as a, uh, as a man of God, but as a father to your family. He, he cares about you greatly. Listen to this verse, Galatians 4. It says this, but when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son born among us, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Because he was addressing uh, uh, the Jews at that time, okay? Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children, because God sent the Holy Spirit of his son into our lives. Listen to this, crying, Papa, Father. Because that's the word, Abba. It's Papa, Daddy. Amen. He wanted to, you to know how, he wanted you to know that he would be joyful if you called him Daddy. Amen. When my kids call me, you know, hi, Dad. It's just a blessing to hear them say, Dad. Amen. Hi, Dad. You know, that's a, there's an identification there, a relationship there. Amen. And you said, hi, Dad, this morning. And then she said, happy Father's Day. I said, thank you. <laughs> that blessed me. Amen. And he said the same thing. And I returned the blessing. Happy Father's Day to you. Relationships are so important. Can I have an amen? amen. They really are. And it starts with... You knowing that you have a relationship with your heavenly father. You may not have the best father. Of course, my dad, I wish he'd you know, been, been better in some ways, but I don't condemn him for it. I loved him, loved with him. Well, the moment he took his last breath on this earth, I was with my daddy, and I loved him with all my heart. But he didn't do a lot of things right because he didn't have the spiritual foundation that we have today. You know. But praise God, Vicky and I led both him and my mother to the Lord, and they're both in heaven today, and I'm grateful for that. Praise the Lord. But you may not have the best earthly father, but don't you get embittered about it. You give your heavenly father praise and glory that he saved you and made him part of his family. Can I have an amen? amen. Psalm 68 says that he is the father of the fatherless. Hallelujah. The second gift that God gave mankind or us as men is the gift of being a father the gift of procreation amen and i i, I and i i mean this you know uh, when i i prayed and uh, earnestly that my kids would have more of their mother's you know dna than mine in the sense i mean and they're all i'm sorry all my kids are good looking but not near as good looking as my grandkids Amen. But, amen. And so, I, and I love them all so dearly. They just make my life very joyful. Praise the Lord. I'm waiting. I'm excited because I was with, I was with Matt, uh, Angie and Matt, when they first going together, he played basketball. And, of course, I was not that skilled at sports. And um, I'm telling you, man, it, it was like I'm living my 
my dream through him. And he played basketball, and he was a great player. And uh, the, the year they won the, the state championship in high school, 1995, I, Vic and I were part of that. I mean, it was so exciting. It was quite embarrassing because I would actually lose it in the pews I'd be, or in the benches. I'd be hollering and shouting at the refs and stuff because they can't call nothing on my son-in-law, bless God. And, and then he went to college, and I got, I was one, uh, out of the family. I'm shouting and hollering in the, uh, in the seats. Man, I was so excited. I got to live that. No, no, I mean, now I can't wait for Connor. Praise God. I'm going to be shouting for Connor. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I'll try not to embarrass you, but I can't promise anything. <laughs> Amen. So I'm not sure what Apollo's going to do, but we'll see. Praise the Lord. Maybe he'll be up there picking guitar. Amen. I'm proud of my kids. I love them all very much and grateful that they're serving God. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm grateful. The gift of being a father, the gift of procreation, being able to have children that are made in your image and likeness. It's a really a, quite a miracle, isn't it? That law of Genesis that when you look and I see some of the new babies that are here today. I mean, I look at all of you and I see all of you. I mean, I could call all of you. I mean, the genes in some of your families is unbelievable. Uh, how the children look exactly like their, like their parents. It's just really, it's just an awesome blessing to know that God gave us that gift uh, of being a father. Amen. Matthew, excuse me, Ephesians 5, 1 says, Therefore be imitators and of God, copy him and follow him, uh, his example as well-beloved children imitate their father. And, um, and I mean this with all my heart when I say that. I have, I've got three fathers in my family uh, that are, are sp- the most special to me. And that is the, the, the father of my grandson, Jacob, Matthew Flanders. Jacob is serving God today. He loves the Lord, and I'm grateful for that. And, 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 and Matthew did a great job. And, of course, Amy, it takes two to do that. And, of course, and then Matthew and Angie uh, raising their three wonderful children that they love God. They, 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 they not only love us, they respect us, our grandchildren. And uh, so thank you, Matt, for being such a great father to you. And I mean that, a great father to your children. And, and I've always observed you and, uh, and witnessed that. And, and, of course, Andrew and, and, and Kalen also. Uh, uh, we're still waiting uh, the verdicts out for the three kids because they're so little. But they're going to serve God. <laughs> They're going to serve God all of their lives. Amen. And uh, I'm hoping to live long enough to, to uh, uh, marry uh, uh, my grandkids. But uh, I, I just want you to know I'm standing up here bragging, but I want you to know how grateful I am. Grateful I am as a father. Uh, um, uh, Psalms 127 says this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. As arrows are in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy, blessed fortune is the man whose quiver is filled with them. Amen. The Bible says that your children are arrows, but as fathers, we are the archers. We're the one by precept and example, point them in the direction they're going to go, whether we like it or not. And um, like I said before, children that are raised without a father have a very challenging time. I just want, I don't know if he's here today. Jared, he's upstairs. And I thought of you, Jared, wonderful young man. I love him with all my heart. He's been working for us for quite a few years. But he was raised without a daddy. But I'm telling you right now, you have made some great, uh, your mother did a great job and you've made some great decisions in your life. And I'm glad that you're serving God today. Let's give him a round of applause for, for his faithfulness to the Lord. So he's just an example 
that you can, maybe, you can be a great man of God, even not having a father in your life. It's just the choices you make. You know what's happened a lot of times in our lives? Uh, things don't turn out like the way they do, so we end up starting to blame people. And don't blame anybody. Just serve God, and God will make it right. Hallelujah. Don't get embittered. Just stay tender and subservient and loving uh, uh, to not only God, but to others around you, and God will make up the difference. Can I have an Amen. I'm giving you the last verse, and then we'll close here today. Uh, if, uh, it, Ephesians 5.1 out of the Message Bible. Here's what it says on all of this. It, uh, I love this verse. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Why don't you go ahead and thank him right now for that. Thank you, Abba Father. So keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Is that beautiful? Love like that. In Luke's gospel, turn to Luke, the 15th chapter. Just let me share a couple of things. I won't read it all. And musicians, you can come up if you'd like, please. And Luke, the... 15th chapter, I'm going to read the New Living Translation. Here's what it says, verse 1. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain. God, they were a bunch of morons. That he was associating with such despicable people, even eating with them. See, they were the ones called to exemplify God, but they had failed. All right? And so Jesus used this illustration. He says, if you had 100 sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 others to go and search for the lost one until you found it? And then, the Bible says, you would joyfully carry it home on your shoulders. Amen. When you arrived, you would call together your friends and your neighbors to rejoice with you because your lost sheep was found. In the same way, heaven will be happier over one lost sinner who returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now watch this. Now just skip down for a moment. Verse 11. Now to illustrate the point farther, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate or my inheritance. I want it now. Instead of waiting until you die. See, you know, and I want you to listen. I kind of, I mean, I wished it would have happened that my mom and dad and Vicky's mom and dad would have had a lot of money. I mean, it kind of would have made it a little bit easier for us. But what it did is it, it didn't embitter us. We just got even closer to God and allowed God to be our provider. But anytime you try to get something from your parents early before you're ready for it, it will become a curse to you instead of a blessing. I just want you to know that. So don't, don't sit and look to your parents. You look to God as a young person. Let God train you. Amen. Let God train you into who you should be so that when something good does come your way, it doesn't become a plague to you. It becomes a blessing to you. So, watch this. A few days later, oh, so the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings, took a trip to a distant land, and he wasted all his money on wild living. 
About the time the money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to, uh, to feed his pigs. Now remember, to a Jew, the pig is the most unclean animal you could ever get close to. And here he is living in the very presence of these filthy animals and eating the husks of the corn that they, that they ate, okay? And so when he finally came to his senses, verse 17, he said to himself, at home even the hired men have food enough to spare, and I'm dying, and I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father. And this is, now listen, what, listen what's going on in his mind. I'll go home to my father, and I, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and earth. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. So the first thing he did is he recognized what he did. And repentance was part of the restoration. Repentance was the first thing for restoration. Repentance, not blame. Okay, now watch this. So, now if you wouldn't have given me that money, I wouldn't be in this place. It's amazing what people do. How, right? They, they do the wrong and then blame you for it. Let's go on. And so, oh, let me say. Um, so he's repenting. Verse 20. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. Filled with love and compassion. Listen, fathers. If you ever have any child go astray, you stay full of love and compassion. I said, you stay full of love and compassion. And he ran to his son. He embraced him. Oh, so he returned. Okay. But while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring on, on his finger, sandals on his, feet, sandals on his feet, and kill the calf. We have, been, we have been fattening in the pen. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He is lost, but now he's found. So the party began. And for sake of time, I'll finish the story by simply saying the second son, the eldest son who stayed with his father, heard about the celebration, came home and said, what's going on? And, the, and one of the servants says, your brother was lost and now he is found. And what's interesting, they call this the prodigal son, but actually both sons were prodigal. The first son, the youngest son, in his immaturity, made some wrong choices, but realized what he did and repented and came home. The second son, so he left his father externally, but the second son left his father internally. Because he had all the inheritance that you could ever want, but couldn't see the value of what he had. Couldn't see the value of who was in his life. Couldn't see the value of the one that had blessed him. In fact, he wouldn't even call him his brother. His, his oldest brother, he says, your son, your son. And that's, and what am I saying this morning? Maybe you have a family member that is not living for God. You stay loving and compassionate, and you stay in prayer, and God will bring them back. I said, God will bring them back. You say, how long, Pastor? How long it'll ever take. Say this out loud. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. My family. My family. My family. My family. 
is not going to hell. Lift your hands and give God praise that. I say that. My family, my brother, my sisters, I declare not going to hell. They're going to heaven. And if you'll stand in the gap for them, God will make a way where there is no way. He will, he will make his presence known. Listen, he'll, even if they reject, he'll still make his presence known. The choice is up to them. But the power displayed is up to you. You pray and God will move mightily by his spirit. Listen, don't live with the guilt of failing as a parent. Listen, Adam, think of it. His oldest son kills his brother. Adam could have lived with that the rest of his life saying, if I would have just done better. But Cain God didn't go to Adam and said, Adam, you screwed up. You were a lousy father. That's why Cain did this to his brother. He didn't even address that. He went to Cain because you get old enough, you're responsible for the choices you make. So if your kids have made some wrong choices, so be it. But you pray for them and God will make a way where there is no way. Can I have an amen? I want all the fathers to stand. Uh, Thank you for sticking with me. And I'm going to pray for you today. All the fathers. And if you do have family that isn't serving God, you stand in the gap for them. I say this all the time. If God could save you, (laughs) I said if God could save you, he can save anybody. I'm not being critical, but that should be your your attitude. God, if you save me, you can save anybody. So if you have family... You lift them up to God, and God will manifest himself to them. I mean, to the point where they literally will be able to either open and receive him, which I believe they will, or reject him, which I believe they won't. Bow your heads for a moment, guys. Everyone bow your heads for a moment. Thank you, Lord. If, if you have any children or grandchildren in your life as a parent or grandparent and they're not serving God today, lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I just lift up right now these men that raise their hands. In God, and I mean this, sir, I don't know who prayed for me. I know, Father, that Vicky had a lot to do with this, but God, thank you that through prayer you were able to get my attention. And I shall forever and ever and ever and ever give you the praise and the glory and the honor for the great love and mercy, compassion, and salvation you displayed in my life personally, and I thank you. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for these children that are astray. Angels of the living God, you go forth right now and you assist the Holy Spirit in getting their attention. Father, we call them into your kingdom by faith. Children, come home in Jesus' name. Grandchildren, come home in Jesus' name. And God, we trust you right now for them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, God. And Father, I pray for all of the men that are standing today. God, I thank you that you grace us for fatherhood. 
God, we want to be good fathers, godly fathers, wise fathers. We want to be fathers, God, that are willing to pay the price so that our children and our grandchildren have a greater foundation uh, in, in their lives spiritually, God. Oh, Father, so we surrender everything that we are to you today. We surrender, God, our spirit, our soul, our bodies, our mind, our will, and our emotions. We surrender as fathers to you today. So, God, I call upon you and help me to be a better father and a brother, a grandfather to my grandchildren. Father, thank you for healing our hearts. Thank you, God, that we don't have to carry the weight of guilt that we can roll the cares of this into your hands and we do by faith in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Men, go ahead and start to give him praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I bless you today. I give you praise today. And Father, I pray for the congregation today that, Lord God, that you will bless them for their, our time together. Thank you, God, that we could come together. Everybody stand. Thank you we could come together as families. Amen. And grow together in your word. And Father, I thank you. I pray a blessing upon everyone in this congregation today, God. Just lift your hands and receive it by faith. A blessing of a greater measure of your presence. God, a blessing of spiritual insight into the word of God. Amen. A blessing of favor. You said if we would walk with you, we would walk in your favor. I declare that our families walk in the favor of God, God. And that this week will be a glorious week, hallelujah, of answered prayer, of breakthrough, amen, of divine guidance, hallelujah, and increase, God, in every area of our lives. And Father, thank you for healing every family in our church. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give God a good shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.